again, 30 plus years. And we, we really saw it continually ramp up to it's all about numbers. It's all about getting more people. We all I thought was I had gotten baptized and I learned how to speak in tongues. And so I thought that I was saved, but I was not converted by the Holy Spirit. It's not something that just needs to be preached once on Easter. And then the rest of the year, it's all about how you can do more and be better. No, we're not going to leave alone because we want to see more people free. Welcome back to the Grace Escape podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're new, welcome for the first time. Yes. And if you're kind of new, welcome back to the, for the second or third or fourth time. <laughs> and if you've been listening from the beginning, welcome back. Welcome back for the 25th time. <laughs> My name is Tiffany. And I'm Justin. Oh, you sound so happy. And through grace, we escaped a high control fundamental Pentecostal church that uh, was called the United Pentecostal Church that we spent over 30 years in. And we just like to sit on the couch and kind of talk about it and hope that you join along for the fun. Yeah, um, I was just going to say um, we're, we've heard from new people and we've heard from some old friends. Yes. And it's just great to know that people, wherever you're at in your journey, that you can always, uh, it's always good to learn something or be reminded of something. And as we've said on the podcast many of times we don't have all the answers this is just us conversating and sharing our journey and we hope that encourages uh those that are in their journey wherever that is again um i know for for me when i hear the bible or i hear someone bring up good conversations about the systems and the and break it down it just is so helpful it is. The gospel is encouraging. And today um, we're going to do a little bit maybe of exposure work, but we don't want it to sound, you know, preachy or anything. This is not, the, our heart is to encourage people and bring awareness. And so um, we hope by the end of this episode, you will have been encouraged by the gospel. Yeah, it might be a long one. So we hope that you buckle down or you can break it up into different parts. There might be a little more scripture today than normal. We're not going to be uh, analyzing preachers as much as we have in the last few episodes. We're going to talk kind of as a part two to our last episode, which was all about chasing revival, being Mm -hmm. on that hamster wheel of doing more and more and more, which is what these churches are mostly about when we watch them and obviously being in a church for 30 plus years and the same denomination, the oneness Pentecostal church, the United Pentecostal church, which you, you mentioned, uh, it isn't like we're, you know, new kids on the block, so to speak to, right understanding what the drive is and what we heard over and over and over again. And so hopefully this will lift some burdens for some or help somebody. And um, we're just going to look at the Bible and see what it says about um, what it means to be converted. 
Yeah, um, yeah, a true conversion, not just an assumed one because it looks right or it looks like what you think it should look like. Yeah, and that's coming off of, again, our last episode, which was all about chasing revival, which really is heavily around not just having another move of God, as they would call it, but Mm -hmm. getting more and more souls. As we've mentioned before, we came out of a church that believed that they were going to win all the other churches, or at least a vast majority of the other churches in the town because, you know, they weren't saved and everybody else and fifties and hundreds were going to come into the church and there was going to be a mighty revival that was going to sweep all across the country. Mm -hmm. And so it's this idea that we need to constantly be trying to reach souls and by whatever means that means. Yeah. And to get them into the building really nowadays, Mm -hmm. it seems like that's the, that's where people get saved is in the building only. Yeah. And I remember the, the evangelist guest speaker, whatever you want to call him, that was, uh, at our church at the time, um, for several weeks, months, that is, um, in probably the last year of my transition out, It was just all about bringing people to church and getting them in the building. And I remember specifically him saying, if you bring them on Sunday, I will get them saved. He did verbatim. That's what he said. And so we want to just kind of look at that concept and talk about it today. Yeah, we want to discuss what conversion uh, looked like for us growing up in the church or in the UPC um, and what methods were used because they definitely use methods to try Mm -hmm. to convert people. And then of course, and so by, by using the term conversion, would you say that they would, cause that's not a term that we would hear as much. I don't think in the church, I agree. It was more probably get people saved or something more around that phraseology. Being a soul winner, uh, winning someone to Christ. Yeah, definitely the um, emphasis on you doing all the work, mm-hmm. right? And then we're going to just see, we're going to also kind of talk about what it looks like today or in the last, you know, past few years or whatever, because the charismatic church has definitely taken, well, they've kind of fallen off a cl- <laughs> fallen off a cliff more like, but seems to have taken a severe uh, turn in the last 10 years or so, you know, definitely with the emphasis on saving souls. So, and then we hope to look at scripture by the end of this to do some comparative work as well, just to kind of remind or um, encourage really just what the gospel has the power to do in our lives. Well, as we read the Bible Uh, and take off the lenses of a particular religion or a particular um, denomination Mm -hmm. and read the Bible in context without those filters, we can see scripture points us again and again back to Christ. It does. And it's not really about us. (laughs) But I find when I tune into these modern charismatic churches, um broader evangelical Pentecostal style churches. And maybe I should just clarify when we say charismatic, we're including the United Pentecostal church in that group, even though some would say we're not charismatic, we're apostolic or we're Pentecostal. Right. 
um, obviously charismatic just means you have an emphasis on the Holy Spirit and the, the gifts of the Spirit. Right. And so we just use that because we're talking about a broader thing here. And so I... Also, I want to point out we're using it because it's a movement. It's not necessarily like... A denomination the, or... Sure, yeah. Or even just Christ's church. Like, you may be a part of one of those and be in Christ's church, but as a whole, right. the charismatic movement is a movement. It's it's It has come in in the last... 100, 100 years. years plus I can guarantee it'll go out eventually. Well, or we'll just see it continue to morph. And as you said, sure. it's it's... In some regards, it's gone off of a cliff, but it's just, it's kind of the same thing too, That's over true. and over and over again. And so anyways, I guess because we haven't given a disclaimer in a while, um, <laughs> maybe we should also just mention like our intent is not to judge an individual's walk with God or um, what right. their relationship with God is where they're at in their Christ journey. We're in some regards kind of painting a broad brush um, with some of the things that we say, even though I think they're very important to talk about. They are. And it some, applies to some. And I think it's serious. And so, but I don't want anybody to just, you know, if you don't listen to the whole thing and you just pick up some of the beginning parts of it, you may think that we're just, again, trying to bash the UPC or bash... Um, the charismatic movement or those that um, want to have more spirit in them than what they would say people that don't believe in speaking in tongues um, believe. So anyways, I just thought it would be maybe good to say that. Yeah. And so today we hope that we can bring for people that are still um, attending or I shouldn't say still, sorry, for people who are attending a church like this or any kind of church really we just want to, again, shine a light, bring awareness. Or um, just provoke thought, you know, because yeah. again, we may not have all the answers and we may even sometimes speak uh, not out of line, but just trying to say something and not say it in the right words and people could take that out of context. So yeah. again, we will be the first to say, let's go back to the Bible and see what the the original text said in context um, as best as we can understand that in our Western culture, in the in our upbringing, all of those sort of things. Yeah, and so within this um, topic, which um, is kind of like a true conversion or true um, um, being saved, we hope that sometimes when you're a part of it, you can really question your salvation because. It is so workspace, like at least the United Pentecostal Church that we grew up in, there's like a three-step plan for becoming saved or mm-hmm. being saved. So it is a very workspace type thing where you can do it very quickly. You can do it very um, fast. And well, without even understanding sometimes of what the whole picture looks like right. to be a Christian or right. to understand what God's word says about why we need a savior. Right. So, so sometimes when, when maybe when there's not a lot of fruit, like salvation that bears fruit, um, the fruit of the spirit, then you, you do question. I remember questioning. I was always actually scared that I was going to be lost. So I didn't have assurance of my salvation at all. And I do know that it 
points right back to my conversion. Mm-hmm. And so um, we hope to help those that, you know, question their salvation. And well, I think um, just to get more into like a conversation here, I think that, you know, both you and I coming out at different times, we really felt that we had a lot of questions mm-hmm. growing up, even though you grew up your whole life in it. I grew up for the vast majority of my life, got in when I was eight years old. So we did all the things that they subscribe that you have to subscribe to to be part of the organization. Yeah. It's not like we were trying to do do it halfway or no. you know, because sometimes on our very early videos we get people saying, "Well, you you obviously don't know the church, or you weren't ever saved, or you really didn't have the Holy Ghost, or all those things." I. I I think it's important for people to understand we were very involved. We were very much a part of it and believed 100% of it and yet still weren't assured of our salvation because you get the same things pounded into your head over and over and over again. And you go, you know, I'm never going to measure up. And then you hear young people who leave when they're young and a lot of them say, I just, I, 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 I didn't think I was ever going to be able to make that mark of what the church required. And so I just said, okay, whatever, I'll just go to hell or yeah, go to hell or I'm, you know, I'm never going to, to make Christ happy. And so I I just, it just, that saddens me. It's the danger of a workspace system and it is a man-made system. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches, a lot of modern Christianity today is, is very man-made. It's not scripture based. And so when we get away from scripture, it just, (laughs) it's damaging to faith. It's damaging to our walk and it can be founded on something very false and very temporary and very, um, well, that's why I, continue to say you got they got to go back every week and get another fix because yeah. and that's different than hearing the gospel because I believe that we should continue to hear the gospel because it encourages us it does and so and it goes kind of right along with our scripture our theme scripture for the podcast which is Ephesians 2 8 through 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith yeah this is not your own doing it's a gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Thank God. Somewhere along the line, someone added the works in, you know, someone wanted to try to earn. Yeah, and it's so funny it. because I, as I watch these services over and over and over again for content, for study, for uh, analysis of the movement we came out of, and I didn't do that for a while after I came out. Yeah. But really as before, even before we started the podcast, started really deep diving into both apologetics, people that, um, or what some would call discernment um, uh, bloggers or, you know, (laughs) video people. (laughs) What do you call those people? (laughs) People that do podcasts and videos and stuff, you know, but really analyze what people are saying to what the word of God says. Um, And as I've listened more and more, it's like, and this isn't original by any means, but 
it's just blows my mind how they diminish the power of God. They diminish the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Chris over at Fighting in the Fa- Fighting for the Faith kind of has a character where he talks <laughs> uh, like he's the Holy Spirit, but how the charismatic movement pictures the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, his name is Vincent, and he he can't do anything until you, like, give him the ability to do it. And he's just kind of this little thing in the corner that can't do anything. We have a voice that I use for the Holy Spirit, and we call it Vincent. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Vincent is the powerless Holy Spirit. He's 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 really confused by technology, and he's never really able. He's never figured out how to communicate to most human beings, but he's figured out how to con- communicate with some. And so uh, Vincent would say, "Hi, this is the Holy Spirit, and I'm I'm talking to you. Hello, is anyone listening?" I I I think I'm broadcasting on the right frequency. Hello, I have things to tell you. I want to reveal your purpose to you and things and stuff. Hello, is anyone out there? This is nuts. It kind of gets me. I mean, <laughs> fired up sometimes yeah. because it's like, wait a minute, is is it all about you or is it all about God? Right. Right. Yeah. And so. It ties right into uh, our our conversion experiences because the church church members tend to think that they can help assist the Holy Spirit in converting someone, and that's what we're it's what we're preached to about when we're sitting in a church. That's you know it's definitely our responsibility to get people saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, the Holy Spirit doesn't need any help, like. Saving someone or no, it's, regenerating. It's God. Someone. God doesn't need any help. He doesn't, and He's the one that does the work. So we find that in Scripture. So it's it's kind of crazy that they think they can. I'm not sure how that started or where that started. I don't know at all. But I do think that because it's such a works based system, meaning if you're obeying all the formulas and the rules it seems like the natural progression would then be oh well we can help someone else get saved too you know Mm -hmm. it's yeah well and as we've looked at a lot of the the proof texts and i can see how um because they want these passages to be for today in in large part exactly the way they were then Mm -hmm. which is ironic because they don't do it according to the scripture and they do twist God's word and they take things out of context, but then they'll take little passages, one-liners and try to develop these whole doctrines around them. And yeah. so it's, it's no, it's no wonder that it's a mess. And so I think that, I think the, the, the key to it all is, is to realize that we don't have the answer that Christ is the answer. And right. we've got to continually remind ourselves by the word of God that it's all about him and yeah. it's through him. It's by him. It's for him. Yeah. And there's a danger when we get involved, what happens when we get involved? I mean, the, the biggest danger that I can think of is that the conversions you think you're seeing, mm-hmm. you're not actually seeing, they may not be conversions at all. So that's very, that's a thing. And it can bring confusion because to a, to a church, I'll speak for myself as a, 
as a saint growing up in the church, um, I didn't treat people the nicest all the time. I wasn't treated the nicest. People, please pray for me. All the time. No, I'm joking. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the nicest people I know. Well, so, but I think interpersonal relationships in the church are, they're not always the best. I know what you're saying. And people are gossipy and people are backbiting and, and not showing love for their neighbor and there's clicks and there, you know, so it's confusing to think we're a saved group of people, the body of Christ. And yet the, there's the fruit isn't <laughs> showing. Mm-hmm. So well, and I think it, it it can it can seem a little bit overwhelming at times because you're constantly being preached at mm. to do more and to do more and to be better and to be better and moralistic stuff, right? Yeah. And then, but you still have this flesh that you're you're battling with, and so that's why we have to continually go back to God's word yes. and to be renewed in the Holy Spirit and to to trust Him that that we can through repentance bear fruit, right? Yeah. And that makes us have those things towards our brother, like forgiveness and Mm -hmm. long suffering and those sorts of things, which again, like you said, I didn't see as much of that in the church movement that we came out of. Mm -hmm. And I, I distinctly remember, you know, not long after or during the process going, okay, there's something changing in me that's never changed before. And it's not because I'm speaking in tongues or at that point, not speaking speaking. in (laughs) tongues every day or whatever. Right. Um, But yeah, so I think that the thing is, is we spent again, 30 plus years and we, we really saw it continually ramp up to it's all about numbers. It's all about getting more people. We were just watching something. I don't know if it was last night, the night before. Uh, it was a, a podcast from an apostolic oneness Pentecostal church. And they were talking about their church conference and, um, and just, it was all about getting people in the building and that, you know, we have this emptiness in us that needs to be filled and it only can be filled by doing things and getting people into the church. And that's what we heard. And that's what we tried to do. Do. And that's the, that's the word, right? To try to do. Yeah. It's all about doing, doing, doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think it's important to really analyze whether true can, true conversions are taking place or are we, are we churches filled with lost Christians or unregenerate believers? You know, are we taught to, are we being taught to be spiritual, you know, like Mm -hmm. learning to hear God's voice (laughs) outside of scripture, of course, or looking for the anointing somehow Or having encounters, you know, seeking encounters. So yeah, a lot of taught, that new age stuff that I yeah. that I keep going back to. That's why I say being taught being being taught to be spiritual and not being taught to be Christians. Mm-hmm. It's sobering. It really is a sobering thought. And again, it's not that 
we're saying everyone in these church systems are lost by any means. I think there's very well-meaning people in these movements that are trying their very best, but but the system itself is a broken system. They're not preaching the gospel, and we're not seeing souls really truly converted. There's a big revolving door, and again, like you said, the ones that, that stay in, we're not seeing that fruit being played out over the lifespan of their yeah their time there you just summed up the episode like right in one sentence it's my what hurts my heart is that the majority of of people in christianity today what's called christianity at least is attending a building full of people and and with a pastor that their main focus is on numbers mhm or making you better somehow. Some sort of growth. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. And and relevancy to a to an unbeliever, to a sinner. I mean, the, the focus is just, oh boy. It's Yeah, and so I think the reason why we're talking about this is because we've we've spent a now we are quite a few episodes into the Grace Escape podcast and I think that we've gotten some people that have stumbled across the videos and um, say, you know, why, if you guys are so happy, if you guys are so um, free, why don't you just leave well enough alone? And I think the reason why is, is because why we're not doing that, because we want to, we want people to understand they're not alone as they're going through this journey. And it may look different on for different people, depending on what their backgrounds are or how long they spend in the church or what their involvement was in the church or how they're transitioning out of the church. But there's so many things where you can go, oh, that's exactly how I'm feeling or that's exactly what I'm seeing as I'm studying God's word. And we're not going to agree on everything, but at least there's some major things where we want people to understand they're not alone. Right. And that it's so helpful when you can share your story and know there's other people out there that have experienced it and that you're growing together in the grace and knowledge of God. And so, no, we're not going to leave alone because we want to see more people free. Yeah. And and unless you have a community around you that is, is saying, Hey, I'm really hurting or, Hey, I'm questioning or, Hey, I feel um, like I can't get out unless you have that kind of community around you, like you're just assuming that we're doing something harmful and we're not, we're trying to help people. So, and, um, not to focus too much on the negative and I'll, we'll, we'll swing it back to what we were talking about. But, um, you know, if there's something that we've said specifically, that has been offensive or whatever, please point it out. And we will be the first to say, we're sorry, but you can't just take a, a denominational standpoint on something and say, well, you're just out of line because you're coming against that. And in many cases, not even give any sort of scripture basis to that. We've been very careful to try to be um, as nice as we can um, and godly in the way that we come against false teachers and and those that are twisting God's word and those that are putting heavy burdens on people. And so we want to see people free from it and we want to see true conversion because it is those that have Christ are free indeed, right? Yeah. And we know the scripture says that. 
They are. Um, I think one of the biggest ways that they try to make conversions happen is their, you know, is their evangelism. And of course, and they have methods that they've, um, started to create. And actually it was in the late 20th century that the seeker movement started to trend and take shape. And the seeker friendly movement, I've also heard mark market driven church. Those are terms to describe a church that focuses on making their services more accessible to unbelievers and less intimidating, uh, more inviting to those who maybe aren't even familiar with Christian practices, but I mean, most people are today, I would say. Yeah. And I think this has changed a little bit from what it was like when we were kids, where it was more about you get them in the building and the power of the Holy mm. Ghost is going to just touch their lives. And, and you, yeah. and you still hear things like that, what you're feeling here, you can't feel anywhere else. It's like, okay, cut the music for five <laughs> seconds and we'll, you know, or we'll have a service that. without your, yeah. your music. And we'll see if the emotionalism is at the same level, but that's right. a conversation for another time. And we've already brought that up, <laughs> but, but seriously, I think it has changed to where now it's like the Sunday service is all about more of an experiential time for the guest. And we want to make them feel so welcome. And we even went to a conference where it was all about what you can do to make it all they more about how, that. And yeah. you and you go to be taught about the guest and how to make the guest feel the best. <laughs> right? Well, that was good. Yeah, it's creating a, a welcoming environment. And um, definitely, it's mostly surrounded, like you said, by music. And now we've got live streams, so you can even experience this kind of multimedia type thing in your home. I heard somebody you. the other day said... Uh, you know, th they do their little thing before the live stream where they talk to the live stream now. So some of you may have seen this if you watch online churches. They, they'll before do the cameras go into right. the main sanctuary or whatever. Yeah, and they, you know, they're like, "Welcome to church," and um, we're, you know, and they, you always hear the scripture. I was glad when they said unto me, "Let us go to the house of the Lord," and and the person said, uh, "I was glad when I went to online church." Yeah, I was glad when they said to me, go and go to online church. <laughs> and I was just like, this is hilarious. Okay. So yeah, it's it's very media driven now. Um, it is, yeah. I, I almost call it amusement park church, yeah. you know, sometimes. In some of these mega churches, because there's always something big and special going on to attract. Mm -hmm. And you'll always hear them talking about their next series. And you got to come hear this and you kind of, we got this going on for the kids. And it's, it's, it's just a bunch of stuff. It is. It is. And I, is that what church and, and people were, people would argue and say, well, what's so bad about that? You know, you're, you're making a nice environment for people to come and. Oh yeah. That is exactly what they say to justify what it, what's interesting. I remember when live streaming first came to the church that I grew up in, uh, they got all the equipment and all that. And they, they wanted to jump. I think it was because of the pandemic, but it was, it was like we had to get into people's homes because they're not able to come to the building, right? So um, I remember people being so concerned because cameras would make you behave different Yeah, if you had a camera in your face or it was swiping the audience, right? So 
and we know that because we turn on the mics every week to do our podcast and and we yeah. do the video version too which you can see over at youtube on youtube if you're um just listening but it, it's funny because you turn those buttons on and then it's like you're stumbling over your words you can't remember things so it it there is a different dynamic there is. and i've watched these churches that have been doing it for a long time because some of them have been doing live stream or at least videoing for a long time and so yeah. now they you know they're they're very used to cameras getting up in their faces and and um, they even perform for them in a you know they look straight into them sometimes i've mm-hmm. seen singers do that i remember being one of the people concerned because i felt like you couldn't have a <laughs> an original organic move of god if you were having to perform for a camera. And so it was taking that aspect away. Things started becoming very scheduled. The songs were very, um, there was an arrangement to the song rather than allowing the spirit to determine where we went with the song. I don't believe that now, of course. But my point is that I have heard the pastors, at least that I've been under, justify bringing in these different types of methods, some of them borderline, according to their own board members, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, for, for being methods, it was the only way they were going to get the center mm. into their church. Right. So it was fine. And you hear, for, you, you, you might have heard phrases like, we're not going to compromise the message, but the method yes. can change. Yes, I forgot about that saying. Yeah, so is that what the Bible says, though, about needing, you know, do we need to change the method Mm -hmm. for people to be converted, for people to come to Christ? Do we need to change the method? Because if that's the case, then that means that the Bible isn't good enough. Right. The word of God is not enough. The Holy Spirit drawing is not enough because again, we need to be entertained. We need to be, we need to be drawn to something. I mean, I heard this pastor the other day say something along the lines, and I can't remember the exact phraseology, but it was just, it was basically like you tell them all this exciting stuff that's going on in our church that they'll want to come because there's so much fun stuff basically happening and going on. It's like yes. that is not that is not what biblical church looks like. No. And so it's this is a this is a this could be a bit of a controversial subject because sure. I think that some are going to say well you're 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 leaning on the other way of being too legalistic and saying it has to be very traditional traditional or, in this yeah. way and I'm saying eh, it doesn't have to be any None of that. Of yeah. Right? <laughs> Let's get back to what it means to gather and what that looks like and what the Bible says about what it means to come to Christ. Yeah. Do we need, do we need programs for that to happen or does, or is it the Holy spirit that draws? Right. And you were saying like, if the methods can change, I'm thinking, is there a method at all to conversion for us to be involved in? You know what I'm saying? Like when we were kids, it was things like, advertising revivals and you know um flyers put flyers flyers, door hangers and they were they they had stuff on them that made it seem attractive right and so then when visitors were would come there was there was heavy pressure on anybody who visited 
to to get right with God. You talked about that. There's there was um, the power of God would fall on them and they would be delivered from smoking. They would be delivered from drinking, and so there was a lot of pressure. I remember that. And of course, to get right with God, you had to go to the altar to do that. Right. And really, they would preach the three steps in the, the yeah. organization that we came out, which is you got to pray a, pray a prayer of repentance that, you know, God, I've been so bad. I'm a bad person. I've done all these things. Please forgive me. And then you have to be baptized in Jesus name. And then you have to or they would say you get to receive the Holy Ghost, but that you have to speak in tongues for that to be evidence. And so that was the three-step conversion that we process in, yeah. that we grew up in. Yeah. And unless those three things happen, and they didn't have ha- they didn't have to happen in that order. You could speak in tongues before you were baptized. Um, and in many cases, I don't know that people even repented biblically. Um, right. Before they were so-called, you know, before they came up and spoke in tongues, according to the movement that we were in. So anyways, yeah, there was a very heavy pressure. Um, and you'll still hear that today. It's like, those are the things that we need to be preaching and getting people into the building so they can hear that. And if they hear that and they do that, then they will be converted. Right, right. I remember them having like competitions for Bible studies, like who could teach the most Bible studies. And they had bought this little three pager, like little packet thing that we could, we needed to get as many as we could. It was a competition. There was prizes, of course, you know, and I'm just thinking like too, in Sunday school, you would get stars for bringing visitors and Mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, I think there was one called like Bible study in a bag or something like that. It was just a little tiny thing. And it was all about if you could just give, if you could just get people to understand what the Pentecostal doctrine was. And if they could just see that, you know, if it would, if it would come on like a light in their head and they would follow those steps, then, you know, they would definitely choose uh, to be in their church, stay in their church too. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just like a lot of it wasn't even about being saved. It was about joining their church and, and attending all the time, you know? Yeah. And I think now as we've seen just culture and society shift, we've seen, you know, I think the tactics of trying to attract people to the church um, morph to be more like what's going on in the world, whether that's, you know, social media, you want to make yourself mm-hmm. look very re- relevant and cool and yeah. um, who's got the best, you know, video shots and yeah. who's got the best <laughs> talented singers. And um, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, like a a motivational type conference you would go to, they give you swag, they give you, you know, you, oh, gotta, yeah. you have to register and, and you can bring your coffee into the, into the main yeah, sanctuary the now. And there's churches coffee now have, and- yeah, <laughs> it's all about the experience. It's very experiential, yeah. right? I mean, it's all about coming as you are and, and feeling very good about yourself, Yes. And, and it is kind of like being a part of a club. Like you get your, you wear your merch and you're just, you get involved really quickly in, in something that they'll allow you to do, you know? And then I would say we see the, we've seen the, the messages or what they would refer to sermon as sermons. Um, I don't know that they're really sermons. They're more terrible motivational speeches, but they have all these new trendy titles now. Yeah. You know, like boxed or caged or unfinished or like the one we mentioned last week, Q 
kiss from heaven. It was <laughs> a, so it's like, don't miss. Yeah, that was what it was called. Don't miss the kiss. It, so these series yeah. that have to be very trendy and catchy. And at, back to that podcast, we were talking about it. The explanation for that is like, we need to be relevant because if we just talk about like the great commission in the Bible, nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to understand right. it, or it's not going to have the emphasis. It's not going to have the impact that it would if we don't, if we don't put this pretty package around it and make people again, feel good about it. Well, and I'm just thinking about that podcast too, that the theme that they came up with for 2024 is no empty seat. And to me right away, that adds so much pressure Mm -hmm. because, and I think that's, I think that's intentional. Oh yeah. Because they don't want empty seats in their church. They don't want empty spaces in their volunteer programs. They don't want empty space in your mind and in your heart. Yeah. And as as they were dialoguing, they were talking about just needing to be more involved and getting yourself just busy. And we were, we were talking afterwards, like they just want you so busy in the church that you don't have any other time to think about or do anything else. You know, I, it's just, it's just so much works. It's just so much doing and doing and doing. And it's no wonder people are exhausted. And, you know, a scripture that's been on my heart this, this week has been Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, which says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's not what I experienced in the UPC. I'll just say that out front. It's, I was tired, exhausted, weary, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't an easy burden. It wasn't an easy yoke. And we were told that's the way that it was going to be, that we would rest when we got to heaven, and that um, now we is should, when we work as now is when we work. And so they do give you a little bit of, um, um, some downtime, I would say in the services where you can be entertained. That's yes. another method that they use where, um, I mean, our world needs constant entertainment these days. So the church feels like they have to compete. I'm sure. Yeah. That in order to attract anyone, you have to have the lights, you have to have the fog, you have to have the, the concert music. and the mood music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you have to have these thematic type um, views on the camera, you know, and the sermons, the pastors are up telling jokes, doing what I call terrible stand up. Yeah. It's like the first five to 10 minutes of their <laughs> preaching is like this routine, this funny ru- comic routine. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they've, they've tried to emulate a lot of these um, very popular yeah. vision casting leaders in the greater charismatic movement that have very large followings and they have, um, you know, they've got to be relevant. And so, Again, I think instead of opening God's word, people have gotten so used to getting their ears tickled in these churches and they want, they want to hear more and more and more of what makes them feel good at the same time, not realizing it's just putting more and more burdens on them. 
And that's that's really the sad thing is because is. when you open God's word, it it, it can convict us. It um, does. And it does, but it also brings us peace and joy because of the hope that we have in the gospel. Yeah, they use... Um they use pressure, a lot of pressure. I remember so much pressure to be a soul winner to, like I said, with the um, competing to invite the most people and teach the most Bible studies and telling people you got to, it's your job to get them in the building. Mm-hmm. That's your job. I'll, I'll preach to them once you get them in the building. I, um, I heard one UPC pastor recently say, God wants to pour out his spirit on new believers but he can't pour out his spirit unless they're here. Mm. That means you need to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers to the house of God so that they can hear the anointed vessel. Wow. I think we've seen that more and more recently because we've come out of a time where the church numbers have gone down because in 2020 and 2021, the way the church in America looked and in the world and the Western Christianity looked was so different because of what was going on in the world. And so we saw the numbers dwindle quite a bit in these churches. And so now I think they've got, I mean, we've, we watched some of these churches that have, you know, half of their, their seats are not filled. And, you know, 10 years ago it was packed. So I think that there's also this drive now is we've got to get more and more people. And they would say it's all about, you know, winning people to Christ. But when you really look at what they say and and their actions, it's more about putting people into the building each week, which is... is, more money. I'll just leave it there on that. (laughs) And they use fear and manipulation that once they get them in the building, it's like we got to get them hooked somehow, either by the good or by the scary. Yeah. Right. So you'll see it's either really sad with, with, um, sermons about how, how much, you know, if you don't do this or that or the other God is going to leave you behind and then the music all works around that emotion or you see it the other way where it's all pumped up and, you know, God's going to give you everything you need. Today's blessings are coming down. Just get under the glory cloud or the, the light like we talked about last week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of manipulation. They they want people to, you know, get involved by raising their hands and praying a certain way. We hear them all the time now saying, we want everyone praying in tongues, the whole congregation at the same time, which is a f- clear violation of 1 Corinthians Amen. Um, 12, 13, and 14. And, um, but again, I think it's, it's all about the system. It's all about getting people into a particular way of doing things so that they can bring more people in and get more numbers. Well, and even the church that we grew up in, not the, the denomination, I'm sorry, that, or the organization that we grew up in, they're even changing their, they're making compromises to their three-step plan. Like mm-hmm. tongues, for instance, is their third step of salvation. And tongues now is not something you have to just receive supernaturally. They can, they'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. In fact, we talked about this in, um, I believe it was episode 12, um, the dangerous place in church, also known as the altar call, right? (laughs) um, where we showed a video clip of, of a woman and it wasn't an isolated clip. If you find her in, she's a UPC preacher, 
she is a UPC preacher. I did say that. Um, you can find her doing the same thing in many places. Yes. Um, I'm also thinking they have these huge baptism days now, you know, like baptism Sunday. And so mm-hmm. it's like, get everyone, get as much people as you can to come get baptized. And it's like, then we'll all wear the t-shirt. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can sound like we're just mocking this, but is this true conversion? That's according to the Bible. To we're not trying to mock people, but I find it just so sad, the state of what the church system that we've come out of yeah. and the greater evangelical Christian church in large. Um, and so many people, I think, do have a heart to reach more people for Christ. And I yes. don't want to diminish that. But on the other hand, are we compromising what the Bible says, because we just want to be relevant. And is that really true conversion? Are people, you know, when we look down the, the, the timeline, are people still Christ followers? Are they still strong in their faith because they have been preached law and gospel? Right. I don't know. It's sad because with, with decisions like this, whether it be an entire movement, whether it be a, local your local assembly there's consequences to decisions mm-hmm. and i just want to point out a few dangers that i thought of with um not relying on the holy spirit to do the drawing and the converting we we can do stuff after that to help disciple like that's wonderful and and proclaiming the gospel which we're going to talk about but the Holy Spirit is the one that draws, right? So if we're not allowing that and we're trying to force that and man make that or uh, manipulate it or whatever, mm-hmm. there are some results. One that I thought of is just that, of course, we have buildings maybe. I shouldn't say that because we may not have buildings full of unbelievers that think they've been converted, but they haven't been transformed by the Holy Spirit. I just, I don't want, that to be me. I want to, and, and for me, when I was growing up in the UPC, I know that I didn't have a true conversion because mm-hmm. all I thought was I had gotten baptized and I learned how to speak in tongues. And so I thought that I was saved, but I was not converted by the Holy Spirit, not until I left. Mm-hmm. So it's dangerous because. Well, I think it's dangerous because you could have people going to hell because they haven't been converted. You know, they feel really good about themselves because Because, they think that they have. Yeah. And they've done like one, two, three and they've. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just got a comment from someone just the other day who um, recently left their UPC church. And I don't remember how many years, but it was, I mean, it could have been 20 years or something around that. And they pointed out the scripture, um, you know about how the UPC does everything in Jesus name. It's all about Jesus name, Jesus name. But we have scripture that's that Christ himself said, they're going to say that they did all these things in my name. And I'm going to say, I never knew you. you. Yeah. And that can be used as a fear scripture against people when you're not in the church. Right. As in not in their church. Right. But that scripture is really about people that are using Christ's name to do things that he didn't tell them in vain. Yeah. To do and claiming things that his word didn't give them the authority to do. Right. 
And so anyways, I just thought that was interesting. And what's scary is that um, people who believe they've been converted and taught a certain way to get converted, they then turn around and teach other people how to do that, right? So before you know it, you have a huge group of people that are um, have been taught poor teaching and poor practices of evangelism, and it's created an unhealthy body of unbelievers. Yeah. And then that just perpetuates itself over and over and over it again. Does. And, um, that's what I think God is calling his church back to is, uh, is to a biblical understanding of what it means for you to lay your burdens at his feet and to yeah. completely trust in him. It's a walk of faith. As <laughs> I said in the last episode, you are just hearing over and over again in these churches, it's all about how you feel and what you believe and all these really Gnostic new age terms. But no, we, we're to walk by faith according to God's word and put our yeah. full trust and confidence in him and not rely on ourselves. because again, anything we could offer him is not worth anything. And when, when it's works, 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 you know, it, it's an emphasis on law, which we're supposed to preach law as far as it's like a mirror to ourselves for our sin. It's, it's a recognition that we are sinners and there is a true God that would have wrath for us if, or does have wrath for sin, you know? Um, and righteous living is, is essential, of course, but it, it should be coming from, it should be flowing from a transformed heart that is rooted in the gospel. And that is <laughs> preaching and teaching God's word in context. Yeah, I think when pastors and churches just emphasize behavior without really grounding it in Christ's work, they risk the legalism that we came out of and a they lot do. of self-righteousness. They do. And that's what we saw in the groups that we were a part of. That's how I felt. I felt very yeah. self-righteous. I know. That's how I can say that with confidence. It's really shameful. It's, it's really trying to measure fruit by behavior, which is not what the word of God says. No. We need law and gospel. Amen. Amen. And I'll just reiterate again to the, if you can earn your salvation, then you can lose your salvation. So that's another danger is when you don't feel saved, you don't have confidence in your salvation. You don't have an assurance of your salvation, even though right in scripture, we have that. Yeah. It's black and white. It's black and white, but I think it's all the extra things that man have put on top of it that right. um, causes confusion. And we know that God is not the author of confusion. So if you're having confusing thoughts about coming out and uh, what am I supposed to do now? Or you've been out for a while and, you know, some of those old thoughts are creeping in that you heard over and over and over mm -hmm. again, like you're not doing enough. You, yeah. uh, it's a real thing for people especially those that have been heavily involved. It's a real thing. It's a struggle. And um, Christ wants you to be free from that. His Again, his burden is light. His yoke is easy. And so um, 
you said something to me so many times when I was still in and even when I was coming out, I had so many questions and you would say to me nearly every time, I'm depending on Christ for my salvation, period. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm depending on him only. I can't do anything myself. So I have to depend on him only. Yeah, there was such a peace when I really opened God's word and understood the gospel for the first time in its simplicity, you know, that Christ died for our sins and he was buried and he rose again. And through that hope, like he paid the price for every bad and evil thing that that we've done because we've been born into sin, right? We didn't even choose it, but we were born into it. And then no one had to teach us how to, how to be wrong and, and treat people disobey. Yeah. Wrong. And so, yeah, that's why when I had that conversion coming out and I had that conversion, I, I was so excited to share that. And I also, um, it, it caused so much freedom that I was once, and for all convinced of Christ and what he did on the cross. And so then I was convinced of my salvation Yeah, amen. through his word. And I would just encourage people too, like you don't have to stay on the hamster wheel. Like these, a lot of these pastors are getting up preaching their opinions. You know, we would, we would be getting a lot more people saved if dot, dot, dot. Right. And it's really, if you would be more on fire or if you would do more, you know, and they think they're the they're the know-all about how to get the church to grow and they're they're up there preaching everything but anything and everything but the actual word of god mm-hmm. and the gospel and they're they're teaching and training people to think that there's some sort of I mean I don't know how many times I've heard these pastors just preach their opinion and they're saying it as though it's God's word. And because again, they have a distorted view of what biblical authority is. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't caught that episode, what it looks like for um, biblical authority versus the pastor, we'll put a link to that episode below. But yeah, I think that because again, there's such a cult of personality around that one man they can say whatever they want. And as we pointed out last week, they can say God just told them in their ear. When I was sitting right over there, God spoke to me and said, tell the pastors to go home and have revival. And then you have to when believe what they right said. over there, yeah. You have to believe what they said because they're, they're your voice piece for God. You know, I mean, God's word isn't speaking. We need that again today. So, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And just in relevance to our topic today, they, they're teaching and training people. I know in the church that we grew up in, at least, that there is an easy and permanent fix to sin. Mm-hmm. And it's just get converted. Right. You know, your sin will go away. Yeah, that fills people with false hope because... Um, they think that it's some magical formula and that if they just do some sort of magic voodoo or kundalini, um, it'll all be fine. Yes, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and they, you know, it's, and that's not what the in, word of God says. No. And you live in despondency. I know because I did. You live in despondency because you do still struggle with sin because we are sinners. We are under the curse until Christ comes back for us. 
So like there, there's nothing we can do about it other than depending fully on Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in us. So, yeah. So I think we've kind of given a big, uh, overview of what it looked like, um, in, or what it does look like, sure. what it did look like, <laughs> what it does look like, um, as far as what it, what these churches are saying needs to happen and what conversion looks like and all that. And now I think we should do some comparative work and, and look really at what the Bible says. And so, um, Maybe this is for some a place to pause and and get a snack or something or come <laughs> Can back. Can we pause and get a snack? <laughs> uh, I know we've been going for almost an hour now, so but um, we said this was going to be a, a longer one, and uh, I think it's really important now to open God's Word and really look at the richness and the unbelievable hope that we have by trusting and putting full reliance in Christ. Yeah, the first. The first thing that comes to my mind is that a true conversion comes f- completely from a work of the Holy, from the work of the Holy Spirit. He does the drawing. We, the Bible says in first Corinthians 12, three, no one can even say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So it's not, it's not a, it's not our job. That may sound a little harsh. Like we don't have to have the pressure of trying to convert people. That's what God, the Holy Spirit does through the, through the proclamation of the gospel, through drawing people and through the proclamation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Titus uh, chapter three, verse three through seven says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray slaves to various passions and pleasures passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's pre-Christ, right? Or pre-conversion. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Regenerated Christians have been raised from the dead by God himself. That's what it says according to Scripture. And they bear fruit in keeping with repentance, like Matthew 3, 8 says. It seems so easy to me, right? But... It only seems easy because you have taken off the lens of a works-based system that is, you need to do this, this, and that, and God is requiring you to do this, this, and that, and you've put full reliance on him, and so now it seems easy because, as I read earlier, his burden is easy, you know? It is. And it's a daily thing to rely on Christ. You have to yeah. make that decision. Hey, I, I realize, Hey, I don't have it in me today. I, I'm not going to do things 100% perfect, but God, give me the grace today yeah, to be a light, to bear fruit. And please forgive me for all the things that I fall short in. It's, it's really that simple. It really is that simple. And he knows we're, du- we're made from dust. You know, we're flesh, it says. So it's, 
I know that he's has so much mercy for us. I just um, want everyone to be free. That's just, that's why it's, it's hard for me. Sometimes I get very emotional talking about this topic. Um, so if we know then that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the initial work, right, in mm-hmm. us, and he does the drawing, when can we get involved or where can we be involved if you, you know, if we think we need to be involved, like what can we do? And the first thing for me is proclaiming the gospel because that is the power unto salvation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin through through the preaching of the gospel. And it's the Holy Spirit that turns our hearts then towards God and causes us to be repentant. Right, but you're not going to stand on the corner and scream people that they need to repent and that God is coming back for them, right? Like, that's not what you're saying. You're going to live a life that is a light. And and like the scripture says, you're going to be an example as a light on a hill, or you're going to be the salt of the earth. You're going to do that by the good works that Christ has called you from. And it says in the Bible also that they will see our love one for another. That means those of us in the church, they're going to see that. And by that love, they're going to know that we're truly his disciples. And so I think we, we walk every day. I don't want people to think that, you know, that they have this heavy burden that they've got to be preaching the gospel to someone every day. No, that's going to happen organically and naturally, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I would agree. I think that God brings people into your life that are ready to hear that, mm -hmm. right? And um, because he has already been working on their heart. And you, you can be a testimony in and of yourself to say, this is how God worked in me according to his word. And pushing your own methods of conversion and then expecting true conversion is futile. It's like, you're not going to get good fruit from a bad tree. Like we don't, we don't go outside of scripture to try and push conversion. Yeah. I think, um, for people to be truly converted, they've got to hear the proclaimed word that that teaches repentance and forgiveness of sin in Jesus name. Right. And then the Holy spirit will regenerate the unbelievers mind. If we look at Luke 24 verses 45 through 47, it says, then he, Jesus opened their minds to understand the scripture Mm -hmm. and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer. And on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Yeah. It really is the gospel that is the power. It is. Yeah, Paul said in Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So I guess I would just, implore pastors and church leaders or I guess anyone Christ-centered preaching is what leads to genuine transformation. And as believers grab a hold of the depth of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, 
their behavior then naturally aligns with scripture and with the teachings that Christ taught. Because it does seem like pastors want, they, they are preaching the, the fruit and the behavior, right? They want that so bad where, where if, if you preach Christ and him crucified, the Holy Spirit the does Holy that. Spirit, it automatically happens. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about it before. I mean, just being convicted of the things that we would never have been convicted of in our own self-righteousness being in that system, mm-hmm. um, you know, our attitudes or the way that we talked about other people or treated other people um, because we weren't regenerated by the true Holy Spirit working in us. And nobody had to tell me that God's word revealed that and his Holy Spirit was able to convict me through his word right. that, you know, he had called me out of darkness into his great and glorious light. Right. And so, yeah, I think that this heavy emphasis on works, works, works and fruit, 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 we can see the result of it. And many of you that have been in these kind of systems we're preaching to the choir in some, sure. reg- you know, yeah. and that's not what our intent of this is anyways, is to do that. We just want to share God's word and to hopefully lift burdens off of people that have been so heavily put on them by these systems that are like, you got to be doing this. And if you're not doing that, if you're not involved in this and if you're bearing your talent and on and on and on it goes. And where's the Holy Spirit in all of this? Where's God's word in all of this? Yeah. It's somewhere far off it's somewhere else and how would we ever match up anyway our righteousness is as filthy rags Mm -hmm. um and i i was reading um second corinthians 5 paul is proclaiming the gospel but he goes on in verse 18 to say all this is from god who through christ reconciled us to himself and gave he's the one that gave us the ministry of reconciliation it goes on but i wanted to get down to verse 20 that says therefore we are ambassadors of christ for Christ, sorry, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I thought, what a great message to preach. If you're going to be a preacher, like that's a great message to tell people, be reconciled to God. Through Christ. Through Christ. And verse 21 says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who know, who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In him, not in our works. No, again, it all goes back to Christ. And if you really read the scripture in that light, it just, oh my, it's it's unbelievable. And and now we can say with such great confidence that we know that we're saved. We know that we've been converted. We know that we're going to spend eternity with him. And it's not because of anything we did, um, but it's because of all that he did and it's all for his glory. And so we just want more people to come and we want more people to be free from these man-made systems that put heavy burdens on people. Yeah. And it brings more glory to God. Like how wonderful is that? You know? Mm -hmm. So once the gospel is preached, you know, they, they want so bad, like I said, to see the fruit in people there. They, I feel like, I feel like pastors harp a lot on moral behavior and these sorts of things, but the gospel is what brings a radical change in us, right? Mm-hmm. To our lives and to our, um, our lifestyles in first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine and 10, we see that 
Some of the Corinthians had been rescued from deep sinfulness, including sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, theft, greed, drunkenness, reviling, and swindling. But in verse 11, it says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Such The such were some of you part, that's what boldly declares the gospel's power. Amen. To transform lives. And as new creations in Christ, Paul then calls the Corinthians to never return to their former ways. So, so you see a, you see a long lasting fruit as well right. with true conversion. And so many times we heard growing up that, you know, if you walked away from the truth or if you left mm-hmm. the, the one and only truth, like that all these things were going to happen to you and that you were only doing it so that you could just be sinful and do whatever you wanted. And it's like, that is not, that's not the gospel. That's, that's a scare tactic. You can, you can be free from the UPCI and, and churches like that and truly experience God's grace and forgiveness and walk in newness of life. And, and again, bearing fruit with repentance and, and have full confidence that there, there isn't any more that you need to do to, to earn that free gift. That's the myoke. We are just part. We are justified by the free gift of salvation, right? In Christ, and so um, does that mean that as a Christian we should look the same way the day that we get converted from till the day that we die? No, it's it's a walk with God, and He refines us, and and things happen in our life that that change us. But again, that's all to glorify him. It's not to put anything on us so that we can say we're somebody good. And you know, there, there's going to be many days, if not all of them, where you're battling yourself because again, we're fallen and we're living in a fallen world. So there isn't an easy fix, um, that gives you some magical formula that everything turns around as far as it go, as far as being a sinner, right? Oh yeah. Christ's blood covers that. And, and, and when we go, when we stand before him one day, he's only going to see Christ. Right. Father is only going to see Christ and what he did for us. So, amen. Amen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We cannot preach fruit and expect to get it. We have to preach the Holy spirit, Christ and well, we're, we're, gospel. we're not preaching that, but I mean, that's, you're saying that to, to those that are proclaiming well, God's word, yes. like they, they, ha- they can't preach fruit and expect it. Right. Right. We just want to remind people that you don't have to have the pressure to win or convert people. I, I always felt like I wasn't a soul winner. Like I didn't, I, I, I thought of it as a skill that I just didn't have. And Mm -hmm. I felt very, very guilty about that. Yeah. Because again, there's so much pressure of, if you don't have somebody, if you're not bringing somebody, if you don't have, Oh, the glorious feeling of bringing someone to church and having them be converted. It was, it was, it was a big pressure put on people. And if you didn't have that talent and skill, then you felt very inadequate Yeah, because you weren't a soul winner. Yeah. 
But there are things that we can do to, to be used by the Holy Spirit for him to draw someone. And that's things like loving our neighbors mm-hmm. as ourselves and letting Christ love through us, you know, and showing Christ in a way where people see him and not. Yeah, displaying the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our yeah. everyday lives. Um, at some point, I want to talk about the will of God because that's a big thing too that goes all along with all this is like you're out of the will of God or mm-hmm. if you're in the perfect will of God. And um, I did some study on that after I got out and it's it's another topic that really has a lot of weight and pressure on people. I don't know that we'll get to it next week because I think we already have some other plans, but um, it kind of goes along with this whole same thing. It's like don't put so much pressure on yourself that you're supposed to be doing something that doesn't look like what is just happening in your everyday life. Yes. And, and, and applying God's word to your everyday life. Right. And seeing how God can just use you by being a good husband, by being a good wife, by being a good employee or employer, by being a good parent, by being a good neighbor, all of those things are the good works that Christ has called us to. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be um, somebody that is in a, you know, in a church leadership position to share God's love in the gospel. Well, yeah, of course that, of course you don't have to do that. But I'm saying also like to feel like you're doing something for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I just want to see people free from um, feeling like they have to do works, works, works all the time. Yeah. Um, Because I know that we've spent so many years doing that and feeling like we had to do more and more. And if you look at the story of Martha and Mary, Jesus said that Mary chose the better thing. And that was to spend time with him and to listen to what he had to say. And that doesn't mean that we can't do things for Christ, but let's, let's put the, the important things first, which is realizing what he's done for us and, and just rest in that. Amen. Yeah. And again, this episode is of course not intended at all to claim that anyone or everyone that goes to an assembly on Sunday or is a member of a church hasn't been truly converted right. by the work of the Holy Spirit or, you know, by the work of Christ. And we would never want to judge someone like that. We just want, and we, we pray that it is a helpful awareness for those that are involved. If you're feeling, if you're hearing and feeling that pressure, like you don't have to feel that way. Like his yoke is easy. Like you read and maybe just a release valve for you know those that do feel the pressure and yeah I have had conversations just in the last week with people that feel so much pressure to be doing 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 for God because that's what is preached so much and um it's God doesn't want to place heavy burdens on people that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be lazy couch potatoes but um what does that look like again when we compare God's word to what we're hearing over the pulpit every week, you know? And so, and I just think we all need to be encouraged and hear the gospel continually. That's, it's not something that just needs to be preached once on Easter. And then the rest of the year, it's all about how you can do more and be better. Yeah. Um, It's the actual work that Christ did. He 
was crucified. He died. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. And that's the work that he did. Not any work of our own that uh, are we saved and, um, we live dependent on him for the rest of it after that. Yeah. And I think that's how you know that you've truly been converted is when you have rest in Christ's yeah. work alone. Yeah. And you're walking that that faith walk. It's a faith walk to it trust is. in it him. Is. So we surely hope this has been helpful to someone and that um, if you got something out of it, you can leave us a comment. Or yeah. um, if you disagree with us, you can leave us a comment. <laughs> And again, we, we really are encouraged when we hear from people every week. Yes, thank um, you. It's it's encouraging, not even just us, but anyone else that reads it. Well, too, I know, you know, but I'm talking about the personal messages that we get too that oh, nobody sees. Yeah. I know the comments are great and um, it just helps to share the word as we've said before. And we're not trying to uh, um, be big people. We're just trying to help those and... Um, we'll see where it goes from there. You know, um, we're just sharing our journey and, uh, we, we appreciate those that choose to stick through the whole episode because I know they can be long and we can go on rabbit trails sometimes. But again, we hope something has been helpful and we really hope that, uh, you are blessed this week. Yeah. Until next time on the grace escape podcast, we pray that you, um, have been encouraged by the gospel and that you are assured and can be confident in your salvation. And we will see you on the next time we sit on this couch (laughs) (laughs) to talk. Okay. I think we've talked too much. We have. Now we don't even know what we're saying. Have a good week guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.